Hebrews 10.25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. 1 John 1.7, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and the fellowship to breaking of the bread and prayers. Hebrews 10.24, and let us not consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. You can only contribute so much to one person, and then that would be the civilization to human beings. Even your own bloodline is still God's creation. The resentment of acceptance or accepting to resent has to go. And when I say it has to go, it needs to be over with. You can't continue to lead down that road. You can't continuously, sovereignly have a thorn put in your side because somebody else's outlook. And of course, there can be excuses. There can be mindsets. You can create the limitations. You can put the shackles on immediately. Throw the labels out there. It's absurd. It's obscured. Sure, but it's not going to change anything. I think that action speaks louder than words. And I think in your fullest form of testament, your own, your absolute own fellowship becomes your vacation. Vocation, not vacation. Like we're waiting for spring break. I'm going to do Cancun. Yay! Not like that. Vocation. Your vocation in the sense of fellowship because you're giving it back to him and it's serving for the better good. Do I think that other individuals should be making decisions for you? You only have one creator. Who is your creator? Well, that would be God. God himself, he don't make decisions for you. There's nobody in this world that is qualified, nor should they or could they make any decisions for you. And in being absurd, of course it's absurd. The excuses of emotional attachment? Where is God? Any label, any excuse... There are no excuses. Creates a statement. Resentment, right? Well, how about acceptance, right? Unconditional love. All right, cool, I get it. Consent, yeah, we're done. No, there's no excuses. Things should be the way that he wants them to be, which means you don't have to suffer for anybody. It's very, very, very poor when the world you live in, you have to resent to some form of bondage, and that's the option of life that you've been given. Well, God no longer exists then. You mean to tell me after all these years of being submissive to the truth, right? I'm outright sovereign in my walk and my assertion of substance. That each and every day I'm on my knees praying, giving thanks, confession, forgiveness, repentance. I'm doing everything that I should be. I have him in every thought, word, and deed. And now he's not even available? It's like I'm calling him right now, a speed dial, and I'm getting a busy signal. I'm setting up that prayer request real quick. God, come, please receive me, deliver me. Uh, try next generation or something? I don't think so. So you don't have to wait for eternity, nor do you have to wait to be forgiven. And if that, if that truest form of devotion and testament is true, then why are you sitting and you don't have any shoes on? Because you should be walking immediately. You should be walking within your faith, within your fellowship, and with your vacation. You shouldn't have to deal with somebody squatting on you and and their heads ringing. Next thing you know, they got smacked and they're laying down on the ground and somebody's digging a hole and they throw them down in there. That sounds dramatic, doesn't it? I'm not sure. I don't, I think different. I think different. I don't know. I think different. But we need to be very active in our own fellowship, in our own vocation, and it needs to lead to Him. But I think it's the social outcrying of the world. I think it hits all demographics. I think it hits all age groups and ethnicities. 
and they want to know where is God. I just want to know. Is it like I walk up to the gas station and here, I got some money. I'm purchasing a lottery ticket. Oh, what are you trying to get? No, I'm trying to get eternity. I seek God. And I'm hoping I got the winning numbers here and I'm going to scratch it off. And I'm hoping that I can cash this in and I can redeem it and I can find God in Christ. Well, they said the Holy Spirit's inside of me. Sometimes I want to see her come out as a C. Oh, very good. I wonder if it's true, though. Have you ever tried to live in a world to where God and Christ don't exist? They're no longer an option. What do you mean? Oh, you can look for them all you want. You can look for them. You can ask for them. You can pray on it. The power of prayer, deliverance. All right, sustainment. I mean, you see me on my knees in a good way, right down at the altar, right on my knees. I don't even flip the little cushion down. Some of us, we give grace and gratitude. We're getting old. The sovereign pain of being alive, right? Well, they got this little stool. You, you, you flip it down. It's, it's padded and you push your knees on it. So it feels really nice while you're on your knees, remembering that somebody bled out for you. I keep it flipped right on up. I go down bare knees right to the ground. Ooh, that hurts. Of course it does. Being alive hurts. Because when you can't find him in your vacation, in your study, more than thought, theory, and reason, but in your actual principle of works and policy, when you beg, God help me, receive me, I need delivered, I want to leave here. I'm having the hardest time finding you. I feel as if I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to, and I've been doing it for a long time. Oh, I would like to move. I want to go. It's time to say goodbye. Well, Lord, forgive me. We can't blame. We can't push the finger at him or point the finger at anybody else. But if you truly love God and you truly love Christ, you'd be stern enough to be capable of saying no. When it comes time to being submissive, to sacrificing and calling in a sense of bondage to where you're losing out on God, you're losing out on Christ, your immediate response would be no and you'd put your foot down. If more individuals in this world said no before it got way blown out of context, seven years and counting, who's got a 13 second timer now? Then I think the world would be a better place. But unfortunately, we are still worried that our vacation and our fellowship, the de sovereign devotion, right? Uh, let me get a drink of that cup. The sovereign devotion has become no more than our crying help and want and need. So now we don't even believe God and Christ exist anymore. I've tried everything possible. I even tried to talk to cardinals. I even tried Homeland Security. I was getting a little FPS up here, Federal Protection Services. I mean, it don't work right. Very good. So it's extreme. It's just extreme. You try for something your whole life. You're told it's the purpose you're alive. It's the reason you have a pulse. It's the reason why breath was put into your lungs. I mean, you're outright alive. You're breathing. But I'm telling you the outright truth, he ain't, he ain't here. He don't exist. God, Christ, forgiveness, sustainment, the Holy Spirit as an enactment, living in and within you, it ain't offered. It ain't offered in any way, shape, or form. So if you're looking for him, well, you're better off on settling, having a scent of, resent of resentment, resenting the fact that somebody told you a lie because it don't exist. And furthermore, you need to start settling. So you might as well start being malicious in every shape and form because everybody else in the world is chosen to be malicious. Their fellowship and their vacation as well. You need to, you need to learn how to suffer. You need to learn how to be sovereignly speared into the side or jabbed into the back, about punched in the nose. And I'm just talking about socially, not like theologically, but like physically, because the exact sovereigns of being saved, 
of being redeemed, the reason of Christianity, Christ himself. If you are forgiven, well, then you don't have anything to worry about. And you'll never have to worry in any way, shape, or form. But the moment you hear somebody smack off at the lips in your ear, and you see them as a little baby being pushed down the road in a little wet wagon, you're thinking going down Mount Everest real quick. Zoom, just a little push. See you later. I just don't think I'm ready for that leap, that leap of faith. I'm going to have to go back to humanity to where there is solid ground that I can stand on. Well, Lord, forgive me. I think a little bit different, and it's good toxicology for our bloodstream. I like to be enlightened, and I like to enlighten others. We have a serious issue in this world today, and a lot of adolescents, a lot of scholars, including some of the elderly, my, my darkest hour of death, they don't stand a chance when all hope is lost. The love of hope or the hope of love. It is very toxicity for what we've created in this world. You think along the lines of sustainment and being capable of offering it within that mindset, and we wonder why the world is failing. But is the world failing? We're failing the world. And we're following suit. We're following suit. Somebody laid that, somebody laid a heart down. Next thing you know, a spade was drawn. They threw it to the side. Next car was drawn. It was a heart. They followed suit. They just started following suit. History repeats itself. We don't offer sustainment. We don't offer God. And we don't offer Christ. But he lies within us. And if that was true, you'd be capable of putting your foot down and saying no. And you'd also be capable of experiencing miracles. But when every day you have to live and you hear other individuals' opinions, you hear what there's right is what's wrong for them. You have no privacy. Nobody's even allowed to knock on the door. Walk on in into the house. Come on in and see me. Let's get in the shower together. You ever heard of commitment? I heard it works. I started with commitment with God and with Christ. I made a commitment to him. This is the life that I'm living. This is the life that I'm leading. A commitment. Here. Very good. One plane ticket, by the way. It changes the life. I, my reference was one plane ticket, a blanket and a pillow, I'll sleep on the floor, and a possibility of hope. Only the possibility. So think about think about what I'm saying. Hope. Right? A plane ticket and then a pillow and blanket to be capable of sleeping on the floor. Hope. That's it. Well, Lord, forgive me. I guess if we all had a little bit more hope in a sense of reality, some of us need to wake up. God help me then we would realize that this world has way more to offer than being sovereignly stabbed in the side by other individuals. And I'm not pushing blame. I mean, life truly goes on. Lord, forgive me. And you can't. You sovereignly can't how well it makes you look as the Mother Teresa, the Virgin Mary of this world. And in that intellectual, emotional standpoint of building integrity or climbing the ladder, the trumpets are truly sounding. You cannot waste your whole life worried about his creation. You couldn't. And what is the sovereign notion? And I say sovereign because I'm still bleeding out here. What is the sovereign notion of believing in Christ? What does that actually mean? Through his blood? What does that mean? I really don't get it. Through his blood, salvation, incarnation. Somebody said there's this thing called glorification. How do you get there? Oh, it's a lottery system. You got to wait for the pinball to be drawn. Foomp. It flies on up there and you, you roll it around, you look at the number, you're like, yes, I got it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Jeez, I wonder if we should find an alternative source of sustainment, an alternative source of life, an alternative source of breath, of the giver, of the taker, of forgiveness, of the Holy Spirit living within us in enactment. I'm looking for an alternative source. Anybody got an investor, a donor? Very well. 1 Timothy 6.17 
As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. 1 Timothy 6.18 They are too do good to be in the good works, to be generous and ready to share. Galatians 6.2 Bear one another's burdens, and so the fulfill the law of Christ. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. If sustainment is the only option in this world, because I sovereignly am attempting to provide you with everything that Christ would give you, everything to enjoy, provides us with everything to enjoy. So I can't do it for you. Your fellow brother and sister can't do it for you, but God can do it for you. So everything that's in this world is completely yours to enjoy. But if we're all provided sustainment in every way, shape, or form, then you never have nothing to worry about. So I heard a word. Some individuals, they put little ducks on the little ducks on the floor, the little rubber ones. Where are you at now? You know, Miami. Now! You know, I think different. But they put these little rubber ducks down, and then they come up with these words. Somebody said the word was wait. I'm not into the word aspect. I haven't been for a long time very well. The mindset provides a statement. Create a, create a digital digital spot and put that in a cell and let the inmates enjoy. I think different. God help me. But yeah, if everything is to enjoy and it's about providing sustainment, I don't think you got to wait for God's blessing. When he gives, provides us with everything to enjoy, I don't think you got to go up to the DMV and draw a number. I don't think you got to set a timer on the phone. You know, and I better set an alarm. Why? What's going on? I've got an appointment with my creator, and I mean, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be the one getting left behind. Amen, right? I feel you. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 13, 16, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. I'm looking at some of these girls I'm seeing daily. I'm like, God help me. You ever read Hebrews 13, 16? Girl, you better go read the Bible. <laughs> you, you better go read the Bible, Lord, forgive me. And then it gets turned into us. But you don't have to wait, and you can turn weight off. And life is only what you make out of it, right? But he wants you to have fulfillment while you're on earth. He wants you to be capable of building those treasures and storing them up in heaven. Remember the testimony at the end of life, and we've covered this on multiple demographics, on multiple mindsets, and multiple seasons. I guess you got what you wanted. I guess you got what you wanted. Well, you got what you asked for. That's tough, isn't it? When all along you're you're in some maze to where sustainment isn't offered. Well, what do you want? We'll give you what you want. And it never happens. At some point, you got to put your foot down. And you put it down on that solid foundation. And you're like, look, I'm done. I'm completely done. Enough is enough. One plane ticket, hope, a pillow and a blanket and sleep on the floor. I'm checked out. I mean, I'm saluting you on the way out. I'm checked out. You have a very, very good day. You can't waste the rest of your life. And, and, and forgive me, you ain't got a breath to give, so you ain't taking a breath.